Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Everything Hoops podcast here on KRNU2. I'm your host Daniel Mahoney and on this episode I'm going to be talking about a couple of first round playoff series and analyzing what happened during those series. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So the first playoff series I'm going to talk about is the Philadelphia 76ers sweeping the Brooklyn Nets for nothing. As the defense of Dinwiddie in front, a three for the lead. Bullseye! Another one! Maxie's been a flamethrower in the fourth quarter. Tyrese Maxey for the Sixers in this series averaged 22 points and shot 47% from the field. Tobias Harris, who's known as their fourth option, killed it and he averaged 20 points, 9 rebounds, and shot 56% from the field. James Harden, this was a weird series for him because he struggled to finish at the rim bad but he shot 42% from three in the series. He averaged 17 points and had nine assists. Of course, we remember the ejection. I don't. I thought that was a bad ejection because he does that a lot to create space. It's fine if you call it an offensive foul, and he's not the only one who has done something like that by... I think giving him an ejection for that was kind of ridiculous. Joel Embiid, of course, only played three games because he was out with an injury, and he averaged 20 points and 11 rebounds. And starting with Joel Embiid, the Nets' game plan was to trap Joel Embiid whenever he had the ball. Literally 90% of the time that Joel Embiid had the ball, the Nets would trap. And me personally, I liked this game plan. And I respected it because you can't let someone like Joel Embiid just go to work one-on-one. So I thought double teaming was a good idea. The problem was it didn't work in game one because the Nets weren't rotating out of those double teams well enough. So they gave up wide open threes, sometimes had miscommunications on their rotation. So they gave up some easy layups. The Sixers in game one, they hit... 21 threes on 43 attempts so they shot 48 percent from the field so of course you're gonna lose a game if a team's shooting that well from three also another reason was this was James Harden I talked about how James Harden was struggling to finish in this series in game one he scored 23 and seven of them were threes he hit eight shots Seven of them were threes. He went seven for 13 from three, and that's because the Nets were letting him ISO. James Harden was getting to his step back, and he hit seven threes. But in general, when it came to the double teams, I thought that the Brooklyn Nets did a better job in games two through four, and it showed the Sixers scored 96 in game two, 102 in game three, and 96 in game four. And of course, in game two and game three, Joel Embiid was not going off. Joel Embiid didn't go off in general in the series. But when you double, that just makes the game easier for Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. Tyrese Maxey is the main one I want to talk about because he did a good job off the double teams attacking closeouts. He also used his speed to get past Brooklyn Nets defenders whenever he was isolating, getting to the rim. Tyrese had 
33 in game two. And then in game three, when James Harden got ejected, he had to take over. So he had that big fourth quarter that basically won them the the game. And Tobias Harris was also killing it, scoring in the post, hitting threes. He had a really good series. He's a good player. And also with those double teams, what is important to know is that when you're scrambling on defense, that means it's harder to box out. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are terrible at boxing out as it is in general. When they double, when they don't, they're just a horrible defensive rebounding team. But the Sixers took advantage of that and got so many offensive rebounds in this series. The Sixers averaged 13 offensive rebounds in the four games, which you're not going to beat them if you're the Brooklyn Nets because they're already better than you. If you're giving them second chance opportunities, you're going to lose. Paul Reed, Joel Embiid's replacement, he got eight offensive rebounds in game four. So that is a big reason why they lost. And another thing I want to talk about quickly before I move on to the Brooklyn Nets is that James Harden, it's just funny because later on in the series, how the Nets guarded him was they would literally just force him right and they wouldn't even force him into a second defender. They just didn't care about James Harden, which I thought it was a weird strategy, but it worked because James Harden was just missing easy shots and it wasn't letting James Harden get to his step back threes. And James Harden in game four, he shot four for 18 from the field. That's really bad. So James Harden needs to be better. And there's no way, there's no reason why a team should force you one direction and that will affect you. That can't happen as an NBA player. Anyways, for the Brooklyn Nets, Mikel Bridges averaged 23.5 points in the four games. Cam Johnson killed it. He averaged 18.5 points, shot 51% from the field and 43% from three. Dinwiddie, his stats were fine, but it doesn't tell the whole story. We'll talk about that in a sec. He averaged 16.5, 6.5 assists, and shot 43% from the field. Not bad numbers, but I think he really hurt them. And Nick Claxton, he had 10.5, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. He got ejected in an important game 3, which... I just, I didn't like that because the Nets could have won that game three. Claxton was killing it, but he got ejected, which I'm pretty sure he admitted that that was a dumb mistake. But I feel like he got a little, I like the trash talk. I like, I respect him step him trying to step over Embiid. But when you have that first one, you should not want to get a second one. So I thought him taunting in the fourth quarter was such a bad decision because they needed him so bad. Anyways, Mikel Bridges, he had a really good series, but I felt like Jack Vaughn kind of iced him in the offense sometimes and ruined his rhythm, specifically in game one. That was the worst. So Mikel Bridges had 30 points in game one, but the thing is he had 23 points in the first half of that game and shot 10 for 16 from the field. He only took two shots in the second half, which is crazy because this is the guy you traded Kevin Durant for and you are running more offense through Spencer Dinwiddie? That doesn't make any sense. So I like Mikel Bridges obviously better because he can move off the ball. You can use him. You can run pin downs. You can run your Chicago action. You can utilize him better. And I felt like this 
first half of game one showed that the Sixers were going to struggle a little bit to guard him if the Nets just kept him involved in the offense because they really didn't do a good job in game one of guarding Mikel Bridges but instead Jack Vaughn just ran the offense through Spencer Dinwiddie ran those pick and rolls in it went bad because Spencer Dinwiddie took a couple of bad shots. He had a couple of bad lobs. Some he said that the recipient should have caught it, but I don't believe that. I thought some of them were bad passes, but yeah, I, I felt like Jack Vaughn did not utilize Mikel Bridges correctly. Anyways, with Jack Vaughn, I don't think he did a good job in this series, mostly with his lineups, because off the bench, he would play guys like Seth Curry Joe Harris, which both of these guys weren't good. And I understand playing one, Seth Curry wasn't as bad as Joe Harris. Joe Harris was completely horrible. He shot 8% from three in this series. Couldn't be more useless. But playing both of them doesn't make any sense. And I felt like Utah Wananabe or Edmund Sumner would have been better because those guys are better defensively, specifically Edmund Sumner, because the Nets had to play with more pace in this series, score in the fast break, because they can't compete with the Sixers in the half court. Edmund Sum Sumner is really good in transition. He's athletic. That's where he thrives. I thought he could have been useful in this series. Instead, Jack Vaughn tried to do something in game four. He played Patty Mills for five minutes which didn't work of course it wouldn't he got his ankles broken like twice so I think Jack Vaughn really threw the ball is that the saying he threw the ball and uh, didn't have a good series as a head coach but obviously for the Nets the biggest problem in this series was they just couldn't score they couldn't score in general they shot 32% from three in the whole series, which you're not going to win if you're shooting that bad from three. I think with how bad their offense was, I think they did a good job of competing and keeping this series competitive, especially in games two through four, but they should have won game three. They should have won game four since Joel Embiid was injured and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey both had bad games, but just with how bad their offense was it just led to them losing the series because in the closing moments of all those games two through four they had very crucial defensive mistakes and the Sixers took advantage of that and won the series in a sweep so for Brooklyn I mean they're in a perfectly fine spot but with the coaching I don't know I've heard that they may get Dame which that's a rumor it probably won't happen but that would be kind of cool Anyways, the next playoff series I'm going to talk about is the Denver Nuggets beating the Minnesota Timberwolves in five games. Six-point game as we move inside of two minutes left. Murray looking for some daylight. Steps back, fires. Jamal Murray averaged 27 points, 6.4 assists, shot 47% from the field and 43% from three. Looked like playoff Jamal Murray, especially in that game two. Nikola Jokic, he averaged 26 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. He's Nikola Jokic. What else do you guys say about him? Michael Porter Jr. had a really good series. He shot 42% from three and was finishing at the rim really well and for Minnesota the main one that you got to talk about Anthony Edwards 
He averaged 31.6 points and shot 48% from the field. He's absolutely incredible. He's so hard to stop downhill, and he has a lot of skill. So that athleticism combined with that skill makes him so hard to guard. Carl Anthony Towns disappointed me in this series. He wasn't really that good. Rudy Gobert, of course. I mean, there were some times where he would give up an offensive rebound. Sometimes he was not in good defensive position to guard Nikola Jokic. Anyways, when I start with the Timberwolves, of course, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed. Those two are very good young players. Those two contribute for the Minnesota Timberwolves in different ways. We all know how incredible of an on-ball defender Jaden McDaniels is. And he would have given Jamal Murray a little bit of a tougher time when it comes to scoring. Nikhil Alexander-Walker did a really good job on Jamal Murray, but he's not Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels is a great player. And Nas Reed being that backup center, he's so skilled as a center he gives them some bench scoring that they desperately needed for the Minnesota Timberwolves I just look at inconsistency because game one they were absolutely terrible offensively even though their defense was pretty solid that game but they only scored 80 points game two they only lost by nine but that's because they had a really good and I mean really good third quarter where they scored 40 points against the Nuggets they were forcing turnovers they were extremely active their defense was really good in that third quarter the Nuggets only scored 23 but then in the fourth quarter they gave up 35 because Jamal Murray went off in the fourth quarter because the Timberwolves were letting him attack matchups pretty easily so what they would do is they would set one screen to get Mike Conley onto Jamal Murray and then have another screen set so Mike Conley would be navigating the screen and Jamal Murray was attacking the drop coverage of Rudy Gobert. So then in game three, I thought that this was a decent game for the Nuggets. I mean, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets were just hitting some insanely tough shots. I thought that offensively, they were figuring some things out, specifically getting to the pay more on pick and rolls getting it to the roll man so that would collapse the Nuggets defense and then in game four that's the overtime game where the Timberwolves almost blew this game it it was crazy but the Timberwolves pulled it out in overtime Nikhil Alexander Walker had a big reason to do with that with this clutch threes and that once again came from collapsing the defense if the Nuggets sent two on the pick and roll then they found a way to get it to the short roll and then you had numbers on the backside and Nikhil Alexander Walker was mostly the guy open and he had a couple of big threes I really respect what Nikhil Alexander Walker has done with his time in the Timberwolves because when he was on the Pelicans he was just known as a young player that had potential but he was known as an inefficient shot creator but not good enough to be that type of player he has found a role as a a defender and as a guy who can consistently hit threes and I feel like he's been p- pretty solid and the Timberwolves should find a way to keep him and have him be an important part of their rotation. Anyways Carl Anthony Towns I like him he's talented it's just once again the physicality just gets to him and if 
affects him and it starts to lead to bad decisions and if the refs aren't his aren't on his side and giving him foul calls that means he's going to get even more frustrated and that'll mess with him mentally he won't get back on defense which transition defense was more of a problem for the Minnesota Timberwolves than half-court defense their half-court defense they messed up some rotations defensively sometimes they messed up pick and roll coverages sometimes using too much drop really hurt them but I think they got killed in transition and really did not do a good job of getting back on defense, which was a problem for the Minnesota defense. Anyways, moving on to the Denver Nuggets in this series, I think overall they had a great series. That game four was kind of ugly, especially in overtime, of course, because they lost. But game three, their offense looked incredible. Game one, their defense was great. Their game plan was clearly well executed because they did a good job of scouting the Minnesota Timberwolves' plays because Carl Anthony Towns, I think, mentioned it in a post-game interview. He said that the Nuggets scouted their plays and knew what plays they were running, and KCP also said, yeah, we know the plays that the Timberwolves were running, so whenever they ran those double drag screens, their horn sets... I remember specifically, I don't remember which game, I think it was game five, but when the Timberwolves ran horns out for Anthony Edwards, the Nuggets trapped him, so I thought that was really cool and well done by Mike Malone, and his lineups looked pretty good because he ran Aaron Gordon at the five, which he did that a little bit to end the season, so it's good that he's doing that. I think they need to do that against the Phoenix Suns. Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic, and what I like is he's showing that some people said that Nikola Jokic isn't that aggressive and he can be too passive but in this series he just showed that he's Nikola Jokic and he always makes the right decisions when he needs to score he's going to score he's one of the more skilled big men in our league him and Embiid Rudy Gobert couldn't stop him. Carl Anthony Towns, he was unstoppable. Of course, had 43 in that game four loss, but unfortunately, no one else had it going. It was just Nikola Jokic. And in general, their offense is great because they got great cutting, great movement. They got great shot making, which I saw specifically in game three. Of course, we've seen that all year with the Denver Nuggets. That's why they're the number one seed. Their defense looked pretty good in this series. There was a couple times where Nikola Jokic would be in a drop, which I do not think they should run drop coverage at all if when they verse Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I think those two guys are going to kill the Nuggets in drop coverage, so I think that they should hedge or trap all ball screens. But the problem was sometimes when they hedged or trapped ball screens, the Timberwolves got to the short roll. I talked about this. So sometimes their backside defense was late. So if DeAndre Ayton is rolling for the Phoenix Suns and he gets in the short roll, it's either a wide open free throw line jumper or he can get an easy paint touch and score. So I think that they gotta be perfect with with their rotations that's why I think it's going to be hard for them to stop the Suns but at the same time it's going to be hard for the Suns to stop Denver with 
Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. They need to consistently run that two-man game. Nikola Jokic needs to dominate in the post. I think it's going to be a great series. And of course, Michael Porter Jr. is extremely important because I'm pretty sure that the Suns are going to match up Jamal Murray with their tallest defender, which means Michael Porter Jr. is going to be guarded by someone shorter. So he needs to be aggressive, attack the basket, and look to be more of a shot creator off the dribble with his great three-point shooting how well he plays off Nikola Jokic and Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. All those guys need to contribute. So yeah, I definitely like the Nuggets going into this series. I feel like they can be competitive, but the Suns are really good. Anyways, speaking about those Phoenix Suns, they beat the Los Angeles Clippers in five games. Booker, swing. Corner of Kogi. Crosses and kicks. Booker beats the shot clock. Devin Booker averaged 37 points per game in this series and shot 60% from the field. That's just insane efficiency. Kevin Durant was incredible. He averaged 28 and shot 52% from the field. DeAndre Ayton had a double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Chris Paul, he had a bad game one, but he averaged 14 and 8 assists, which is pretty solid. And then for the Clippers, Russell Westbrook overall, even though he had a couple bad games, Efficiency-wise, he averaged 23.6 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 7.4 assists. Norman Powell had a really good series. He averaged 21.8 points. And of course, we know about Kawhi Leonard. Unfortunately, he got injured during the series, but he was absolutely incredible in the two games he played. He averaged 34.5 points in two games. Terrence Mann was great. He only averaged 10.6 points, but his defense, the physicality he brought when guarding Kevin Durant was really good. Eric Gordon struggled. Not good efficiency, was really bad defensively. Zubac, he was not good in this series, which I want to start with that because he was getting killed in drop coverage the whole series. It was bad. Honestly, the Suns should have won game one. The Clippers won by five points, but the Suns missed a lot of good mid-range pull-ups, a lot of good shots attacking Zubac in drop coverage. He he scored nine points and 9.6 rebounds. That was his average. Mason Plumlee had a solid series, but in general, of course, if the Clippers were healthy, they would have, they may have won, probably not, but I think it would have gone to six or seven, but respect to them for making it competitive with being shorthanded and not having your stars. Of course, the conversation of was Russ good or was he bad? I respect Russ for what he did in this series. His defense specifically in game one was incredible. His effort on defense was great. He got some big offensive rebounds and in game four, Russell Westbrook had that 37-point game, and he was just absolutely incredible. He was attacking the basket so well, getting past Phoenix Suns defenders, and he was shooting the three with confidence. He went three for six from three, but of course, in game five, he went three for 18, which is unfortunate. I think what he did wrong was he was settling for jumpers a little too much to start the game. I'm pretty sure his first 
five shots were mid-range jumpers or threes. I could be wrong on that, but I think he was settling for jumpers too much. And then when he was trying to get to the rim, sometimes Russ can be out of control on his drives, which means he'll miss it bad and that's what he was doing three for 18 is really bad and he had a couple of bad turnovers where he was just loose with the ball I remember one in game five in transition he was taking it up against Kevin Durant and he just lost it and uh easy turnover and uh speaking about the turnovers the Phoenix Sun the Los Angeles Clippers had 18 turnovers in game three which is a big reason why the Clippers lost this game just having timely turnovers and this has been a problem even when Kawhi and PG were healthy and in game five they also had a couple timely turnovers. Russ had one and Norman Powell also had one which led to them losing that game in the clutch but I think Russ had a great series. It's unfortunate how people say oh Russ like they give Russ credit when he plays good, but they flip the switch so easily when he doesn't play good. I think it's just weird behavior. So with the Phoenix Suns, I mean, it's pretty obvious how good Devin Booker is. And just having Kevin Durant just makes the game so much easier because teams help less. And having Kevin Durant, that gravity, using him as a decoy, that just gives Devin Booker more space. And I mean, he was just so fun to watch. He's always so fun to watch. The shot making is incredible. 38 in game two, 45 in game three, and 47 in game five. And... I want to talk about the Suns offense more because I think it's just so hard to stop. But the problem is, of course, they don't take a lot of threes and really don't get a lot of pressure at the rim and don't get good shots at the rim. So Devin Booker is important in that aspect because he's the best of everyone on this team at getting to the rim but I also think off pick and rolls if teams hedge or trap Devin Booker and Kevin Durant they gotta do a good job which they usually do of getting it to the short roll and DeAndre Ayton has to make a play out of that they gotta have good cutting which most of the time their cutting is pretty solid but other times it's not and you just need role players to hit timely shots like Torrey Craig Josh Okogie like of course it's kind of worrisome that you gotta rely on these guys because teams may just decide okay I don't want Chris Paul Devin Booker especially Kevin Durant I don't want these guys beating us so we'll just leave Josh Okogie wide open in the corner and if he misses then that can hurt the Suns offense but in general I just think with the IQ of everyone on this team between Chris Paul Devin Booker Kevin Durant they always create a good shot offensively Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are two of the best shot creators in the league Chris Paul sometimes worries me specifically in that game one he went two for eight and it just felt like the Clippers were perfectly fine with him getting mid-range pull-ups because they were running Zubac in a deep drop and having the defender that was guarding Chris Paul go under the screen so Chris Paul was getting good shots he just couldn't hit anything he was two for eight DeAndre in he's important to this team but he worries me a little because sometimes he's disengaged and they're gonna verse the Nuggets
and Nikola Jokic. So DeAndre needs to be locked in and make Nikola work for every single basket. But also offensively, if he gets good post position in the paint, he needs to score. If the Nuggets go small, DeAndre Ayton has to take advantage because if he doesn't take advantage of it offensively, then they're going to attack him defensively, which happened last year when they versed Luka Doncic in that game seven. DeAndre Ayton is important to this team and you just don't know what you are going to get from him, but he's a really good player defensively in this series specifically they had a hard time stopping Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell's drives which that's not really a big deal when you verse the Nuggets because they don't attack the basket like that their offense is basically Nikola Jokic in the post run your offense through that have good sets Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic two-man game but also cutting may be an issue they can't ball watch because if they ball watch then Nikola Jokic is just going to find a cutter because he's absolutely incredible and guarding Jamal Murray may be an issue because their best option is Torrey Craig or Josh Okoge and if they force a switch let's say they force Chris Paul onto Jamal Murray that could be a bad matchup for the Suns and then you can run that two-man game have Jamal Murray being guarded by Chris Paul. Nikola Jokic set the screen and have DeAndre in and drop coverage while Chris Paul is navigating it. I think that can be very successful for the Denver Nuggets offense. And I really do trust this team offensively because if you like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker cook, then they're just going to outscore you. But if you're more aggressive with them, the Suns do a good job of moving the ball when Devin Booker, Kevin Durant get double teamed. So it's a really tough offense to stop. You just got to hope that those mid-range jumpers aren't falling. You got to hope that their threes aren't falling because they don't take a lot and they don't make a lot either. Very interesting team. But I am so excited for that series. Those two teams are absolutely incredible. So the playoffs have been absolutely incredible to start. They have been so fun, so much competitive games, so much great comebacks. I'm going to talk about more first-round series in the next episode. Of course, we know the Bucks lost in the first round in five to the eight seed Miami Heat. Shout out to the Miami Heat. Shout out to the New York Knicks, absolutely obliterating the Cleveland Cavs. In five games, shout out to Mitchell Robinson. He was incredible in that series. I'll have more talks about those series specifically. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a good day and I hope you continue to enjoy the playoffs because I know that I will.